right, welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money, and we know that. Adam, excited to be in the uh, room with you today. Excited to be here. And today we have uh, kind of a topic, I think, that confuses a lot of people. Uh, Maybe they've heard of it, maybe they haven't. Uh, Perhaps they don't even know what the acronym uh, means, Uh, but, you know, ESG investing. And uh, I think maybe we'll shed a little bit of light on it. It's not meant to promote a specific fund. It's not meant to promote a specific investment philosophy. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just to outline what it is, maybe some of the areas to be concerned of, uh, and some of the areas where you can benefit from it as well. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, you know, the the buzzwords get out there um, and people kind of think, oh, I got to jump on that, the bandwagon. Um, But a lot of it is just what we're saying here is, getting an understanding of what it is. Yeah, being in the industry over 23 years, I mean, you went through the tech bubble, and we went to tech mm-hmm. funds and, and that creation, and you know, and you've heard all the different cycles through. So, you yeah. know, this is another cycle of investing that, that's out you know, in the economy, and we wanna address it so that clients know that it's out there and what it is. That's so I'll let you do the honors, we'll get sure. started, it's your time. Your money. Great, so you know, let's talk about ESG and what it is in, in, in general. ESG, right? Environmental, social, and governance. And what this refers to is a theological investment in companies that perhaps are maybe more morally in line with your social view or environmental view or governance view. Right. Right. Uh, it, It basically has guidance to how fund managers can orchestrate their portfolio, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think what's important to understand is each of those acro- those letters in that acronym, ESG, have different guidelines as far as how a fund manager can structure an ESG portfolio, whether right. it's a mutual fund ETF or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, environmental, I guess you would say, would, would be maybe the first thing to look at, and that would include, right, maybe uh, companies that have a low carbon footprint, right, because that's very right. popular now. Yep. Uh, you know, work less in the oil industry and maybe less in natural gas, renewable energy. Low emissions L- Low standards. emissions yep. standards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's a million little rabbit holes we can chase on the environmental end. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's generally where they're gearing their recommendation towards. Mm-hmm. Right. Social end would be companies that promote... Uh, equity inclusion, diversification, you know, you know, diversity within the workplace, yep. uh, you know, maybe more uh, HR type issues. Sure. Right. More theoret- theoretical, like, you know, uh, progressive mm-hmm. views. Right. And then governance, uh, you know, things that promote uh, things through the federal government that are more regular regulated, uh, you know, have less impact on the environment, bigger strategies, you know, yep. uh, that, that type of stuff. Yep. So. And, it, and just to take a quick step back. You know, a lot of times people might think, oh, I'm interested in ESG because that, that speaks to me in, in these capacities of the, these three spaces that you just mentioned. You know, someone is more socially conscious of what's going on out there in the world. This becomes attractive to them uh, conceptually, right? Yeah, so. and, and to your point, if somebody's getting into it for the S in the ESG, mm-hmm. they want to make sure that the investment they're investing in is geared towards the S and not the E and G because right. they they could technically totally avoid that that S section so to speak right yeah right but still be ESG because they're in one of those three spaces right right yeah. and I think one of the things too listeners need to understand is how fund managers pick the funds in there uh, can really I guess create con- some confusion right mm-hmm. there there's three different ways there there's best in class. 
there's themed investments, and then there's exclusionary investments. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so think of it like this. Um, best in class means that a fund manager can put in almost any type of investment they want as long as they're the top one in that category. Mm-hmm. So th- you think ESG, right? A lot of times people refer to like low carbon footprint, blah, blah, blah. There could be an oil company in there. Right. Yeah, usually wouldn't think so. But because right? that one oil company has maybe one initiative or one less refinery than another or one less, you know, uh, quote unquote, non-green mm-hmm. uh, attribute, they could be in there because they're best in class. Right. There could be another company that has a, a large carbon footprint in there because they're best in class in another sector. Mm-hmm. So investors go into these blindly saying, oh, well, I don't want to be in you know, high carbon areas, climate change areas, blah, 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 whatever. But because the, the way it's structured is best in class, they mm-hmm. may be. Right. Because that's how the fund manager structured it. Right. So it's a little deceiving, right? Yeah. And, and our regulatory bodies even come down on ESGs because of that and how they promote it, right? and how they push it as a product for investors to buy, yep. right? And there are good fund families and investments out there uh, that, that don't walk that line mm-hmm. and go straight, hey, these are the only companies we're going to deal in because we're going to stick to this. But you got to know the difference between them. Right, right. Right. Another component to that, too, um, is the rating system. There's a rating system, much like a, you know, it's similar to what you might think of like a credit score or a bond rating system. Um, there's a rating system, but it's it, it can be easily swayed, uh, swayed, um, <laughs> swayed. Swayed. <laughs> it's nice. Nice terminology. Nice, right. <laughs> um, can be easily swayed um, based on just small things that you know um, a company might all of a sudden institute a a recycle program, and all of a sudden they go up in a rating. And it's just understanding why did a why did it go up in a rating. Yeah. You know what? Okay. So they are putting recycle bins around their office now. So you could have the highest rated company that had the most move towards ESG supposedly not being an ESG based traditional company just because they changed their corporate policy. Correct. And one may have been internal and they may have introduced an equity inclusion diversity program Mm -hmm. in their HR department. Right. Maybe. So nothing changed in their environment or in the world or whatever, but they went up. Yeah. Five points or whatever, you know, whatever that yeah, yeah. rating system is, yep, yep. in the mind of the examiner. So hey, now that now they can be put in that in right. that mix of funds, right? And I had went back to those three ways best in class, <laughs> you know, uh, single themed. So that would be you know maybe a ESG that's single themed. So these are all companies that work within the environment right. or all that work within social, right? And I think the the most interesting or the one that maybe refines it more towards where a client wants to be, and that's exclusionary, and that's where there's a corporate policy within the the the, the fund mm-hmm. or the investment that says we're going to eliminate companies that deal in uh, tobacco right that that we're going to eliminate or exclude companies that uh, have uh, military or weapons or you know yep. You, yep. you know and and that's where you're removing the things that a lot of times people don't want in a, in their program yep. Yep. and they're okay investing in the other things mm-hmm. And, and I know, I'm sure you have too, right? You get, there are clients out there that specifically will bring that to the, to the table when we're meeting. Yeah. I don't want to be in a mutual fund that has X, Y, or Z in it, you know, and that's just part of the way it's been forever, but. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, sometimes you see, see people that they say, oh, I only invest in companies that don't have this. And right. you look at their ESG model. Right. And then you look into the funds 
And lo and behold, all those things are in there right. because of the the confusion yep. centered around how fund managers can bring assets in there. Okay, you know? bring, bring in the understanding. Yep. You, yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and fund managers <clears throat> can use looser standards by, by playing that gambit. Best mm-hmm. in class, single themed, exclusionary, whatever it might be. Right. They can have a very loose rein on that, and that's why the industry is kind of cracking down and, and regulate, you know, regulating it. Mm-hmm. I remember the SEC uh, SEC chairman came out and she she you know kind of talked about this issue of being kind of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Right. Because a lot of times companies were charging higher internal fees because of the governance that they have to do, the the scrutiny, mm-hmm. but they weren't changing their portfolio. There were a couple larger companies where they were just rebranding their large cap fund. And people were buying. They had a net inflow of cash into it mm. because they rebranded it at ESG, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. and it drove revenue for the company, but it didn't really change the internals of the portfolio too much. You, you brought up an interesting point before we before we went live here. Um, you, you, uh, you brought up an interesting point in regards to pure ESG um, performance, historical performance versus other ESG performance. Yeah, you know, a lot of times the the pure performance of a lot of the uh, companies and investments that don't have the carbon footprints that limit their their mm-hmm. fuel resources and things along that lines, a lot of times they struggle in competing against the performance of companies that don't have ESG policies. Right. Right. But when you look at a lot of ESG portfolios, a lot of times they'll outperform their peer group. Why? Because that gray area with the fund manager yeah. wants to compete, right? So they're bringing in technically non-ESG companies mm-hmm. to improve the performance of the portfolio. Yeah. Right? So it's a double-edged sword. It's like, oh, these funds are outperforming. And you look into the, the X-ray of the fund and you say, well, they're outperforming because a lot of the companies are not right. what, in common sense terms, people would say ESG. Right. You right. know, technically or on paper, the fine line, that they yeah, okay, they're in there because it's best in class or, or right, whatever, right. you know, scrutiny yep. that they're doing. Um, and, you know, it, it creates a lot of uncertainty for, for clients, mm-hmm. you know, but for those that, you know, are very meticulous about in researching what the investments are, there are some choices out there. Yeah. And there are some companies that only deal in those types of things. And, you know, ESG, it, it's a new word. It's a new thing that's, you know, kind of been bantered out. But but ESG came through, it was a UN speech or UN, uh, you know, uh, kind of memo that went out in 2005. Hmm. So it's been around since 2005. It never really caught steam yep. until about 2020. And BlackRock, one of the largest investment companies in the world, you know, put out this kind of warning that like, hey, if, if you're a company that's not going to do these social environmental things, we're not going to throw money at you and bring you into mm-hmm. our portfolio. So a lot of companies said, ooh, well, that's a large part of our shareholders, right. large mutual fund bases. Yeah. So it kind of, you know, was a push forward of this philosophy right. that, you know, well, really changed companies' attitudes. And you think about what was happening in 2020, a lot, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, socially yeah. we had COVID going on. Um, among among many other factors of both social and you know governance uh, concerns. Yeah, so. you know w- one thing that was fascinating is in 2020, um, you know 401ks limited or lessened ESGs in their 401k plan mm. because they wanted to do make sure that the investors in those plans had the best opportunity or chance for better return, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time. 
lawmakers on different politi- on political side or whatever, right. uh, you know, basically came back and said, well, you know, uh, we need this in there for social change. And it was this this conflict, right? Right. So it was it was more of an ideology versus an investment methodology, mm-hmm. and you know it, the two really don't match, right? I mean, right. I mean, investments is math, paper, profit, mm-hmm. right? Ideology doesn't necessarily mean profit, right? So what four hundred one ks were saying was, hey, let's limit these because we want to take the investment methodology. Make sure we're doing our due diligence, mm-hmm. right? The Department mm-hmm. of Labor, a lot of other regulatory bodies put out guidance, best interest. Yep. Well, how could you necessarily do best interest if you know that the profit's on one side and it's not necessarily on the other, mm-hmm. right? So there was a, a conflict of, of this ideology from the political level versus the market, <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, because in, in reality, ESGs probably would not exist in, in an open and free capital market where profit drives it, right? you know, right now. You know, and until the technology catches up to make, you know, energy and that type of stuff more, uh, you know, cost effective and, and better for a portfolio. Mm-hmm. You know, not to say that it won't down the road, but right now when you do the math, most of the profit companies are not technically ESG right. centered. Right. And that's even big ones that you might know. I mean, most ESG companies that have the highest holdings are like the tech giants like Microsoft, Apple, you know, that type of stuff. Well, why is that? Right. Right? I mean, we we're talking manufactured computer parts with lithium batteries with, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yep. You know, but why is that? Is it because maybe the S and the G part of the ESG ranks them higher? Right. Because they do more from a social aspect or from a ideology, you know, ideological aspect than, you know, I don't know, industri- industrial, yep. you, know, yep. we're, we're, you know, I mean, everything's got to be made in a plant. Well, and that's the thing, right? You know, we have the, the, the quality of an ESG could be de- determined upon the laws that are passed in, in the country uh, that they're based, right? So if they say, okay, you need to lower your emissions by X percent and a company happens to be either already doing that or they start doing it because they're being, by law, have to, Again, these are the types of things that will often push the the quality of of these uh, of the SGs. So yeah, when we see that in the international markets more so than than the domestic markets. Right. I mean, the international markets, you know, a lot of the uh, investment in the mutual funds are geared towards ESG mm-hmm. uh, more so than anything else. Yep. You know, and, and so so you know, I guess long story short, investors really need to be cautious when they're treading into a investment that is more regulatory driven. Mm-hmm than more economic driven. Right. 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 Profit and loss statements, that's a little bit easier to, to bank on. Yep. Right. It, it, it's safe to say that Walmart's going to be around for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we know what their profit's going to be? Do we know what their loss is going to be? Not from a year to year standpoint, but I mean, common sense tells us that if they went under, we're all in trouble. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Versus maybe a company that has an ESG agenda that's maybe a smaller company that goes into this model and it might not be the best company in that sector. Right. You know, so from an investor standpoint, we're not saying don't get into them. We're saying that if you're going to get into them, consult an advisor, let us do the due diligence, let us look through and see how are the fund managers orchestrating this portfolio and and are they doing a best in class versus something that's maybe exclusionary or something a little middle 
of the road or more in line with mm-hmm. what a client wants to have happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of research to make sure that you're, you're, you're putting it into what it is that you want. Right. And just because something is buzzing out there, whether it's, you know, the uh, cryptocurrencies of the world or ESG, uh, again, yeah, you want to do make sure that you're doing the full homework um, on what you're what you're looking to purchase. Yeah, and as of diversification, it doesn't need to be every part of your entire portfolio. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There's other assets there that are ESG sensitive. Yeah. I guess you would say, mm-hmm. right? Commodities, just a simple savings account. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean. I don't, I don't, you know, what, what's the savings account at a local bank? Right. <laughs> How is that destroying the economy? Right, right, right. I mean, destroying the climate or, or whatever yep. it might be. Yep. Um, so you want to have diversification even within those models and, and that yep. strategy as well. Yep. So, and as always, if there's questions, clients can always call in. They can email in. They can schedule an appointment with the SA group. What's that number? Yep, it's at 844-444-YTYM for your time, your money. You can find us at yourtimeyourmoney.net for your net worth. And as always, uh, we're at 43 British American Boulevard, Latham, New York, 12110. Uh, and then the last thing is just please like and subscribe, uh, share on social media, and uh, keep those questions coming in. This is actually one of the topics that was sent in, so we want to make sure that we're getting some timely uh, information out there. And as always, it's your time. Your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110, 518-724-5004. Satera Investors is the marketing name of Satera Investment Services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Satera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Today's community spotlight, Cullinan Insurance Agency. LLC, 16C North Greenbush Road, Troy, New York, 12180. Phone number 518-326-1191. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman of Skulls and Sawdust. 518-852-3673, skullsandsawdust at gmail.com. Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media. 518-879-1779, bobbychase84 at gmail.com. And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment objectives or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. Satara representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific actions, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Satara Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only. They should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situation presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Essay Group operates under Satara Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Essay Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Satara Investors is a marketing name of Satara Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Satara Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Satara Investment Advisor, LLC. Satara is under separate ownership from any other entity named. 
43 British American Boulevard, first floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services. 